Welcome once again to Political as Heck, a podcast where we discuss Utah politics and policy. I'm Corey Astle, joined by Utah State Senator Todd Weiler. What's going hey, on, yo, Todd? Hi, Corey. Hi, it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> we're back. So our apologies to you, listener. We've been on hiatus, putting energy into our own endeavors, which we can discuss momentarily. But first, let's start with the top news of the week. This relates to Israel. We've all been watching the horrific news coming out of Israel and Gaza. Last week, Hamas militants from the Palestinian area of Gaza murdered some 1,300 Jews, kidnapped an untold number, and committed seriously the most unspeakable atrocities against innocent men, women, and children. In response, elite American universities in the Ivy League, students and administration have responded by either supporting the murderers or claiming they don't take positions on world events. And obviously that's complete nonsense as Harvard and Stanford, just to take an example, couldn't wait to say endless things about January 6th or Black Lives Matter. Suddenly these schools are hamstrung when it comes to mass murder and atrocities committed against Israeli Jews. Well, we want to give props to former Utah Governor Governor John Huntsman. In an email to Ivy League University, University of Pennsylvania, President Liz McGill, John Huntsman said, Quote, the university's silence in the face of reprehensible and historic Hamas evil against the people of Israel is a new low. Moral relativism has has fueled the university's race to the bottom and sadly now has reached a point where the remaining where remaining impartial is no longer an option. Consequently, the Huntsman Foundation will close its checkbook on all future giving to Penn. Now you're like, okay, well, why is that a big deal? Uh, John Huntsman Jr. graduated from Penn in 1987, and he also served on the Board of Trustees twice. Maybe even more importantly, his father was a 1959 graduate of the business school, Wharton, and he's the namesake of Huntsman Hall at the school. Huntsman Sr. funded the Huntsman Program in International Studies and Business with a $10 million gift, and in all, the Huntsman family has donated at least $50 million to the Penn Business School called Wharton. So this letter is no small thing, Todd, and it was front page in the Penn newspaper. What's your take? Uh, Governor Huntsman is uh, 100% correct, and we have seen this uh, liberal drift of our uh, institutions over the past many decades, and I think it's gotten a lot worse over the past, in my opinion, over the past five years. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised that he's taken this stand, and um you know, when, when you're talking about murdering babies and beheading babies and murdering people live on Facebook uh, on their own accounts is what what they did. They would log on to these concert goers, Facebook accounts on their phones and then and then broadcast live these people's murders on their own Facebook accounts. This is indefensible violence. And, you know, um, I know it's, uh, you know, it's popular now to say, oh, you know, there's a moral relativism, relativism here and the Gaza Strip, these people are, you know, living in a prison and have been for 50 years, whatever. I mean, we just saw a horrific scene. This is like Nazi Germany. This is like as bad or worse than 9-11. I I know more people died in 9-11, but we're a nation of 330 million people. Israel is much smaller and they lost 1,300 people. This was planned for months um, by people whose only objective is to uh, murder Israelis and 
it's absolutely disgusting. And, you know, I, I don't know if you saw it, Corey, but there's a billionaire who's kind of going after the Harvard students who belong to organizations that signed on to a letter basically defending um, Hamas and uh, is, is trying to add some consequences to their, you know, bad choices. And, 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 and I support that effort as well. I mean, it just highlights the rot in our elite institutions where, where they've come, how far they've come in a, just a strange direction. And this is exactly what happens also when you're just talking to yourself, you know, and, and you never step outside and say, gee whiz, maybe someone might think differently. You can have sympathy for Palestinian people who are, you know, in a bad way, that in no way should extend to just atrocities that are unspeakable. And, and you named a bunch of them. And I don't think anything like, I mean, even ISIS didn't behead babies. I mean, so it's just, it's, it's next level. When you're making ISIS look good by comparison, that's, (laughs) that's, that's not a great look. And, you know, I, I just want to call out these other, you know, Egypt, Jordan, uh, Iraq, Iran, um, Kuwait, uh, you know, all of these Syria, even I know Syria has its own problems right now. Why aren't these countries offering to take in some of these Palestinians? Yeah. Um, they refuse. They absolutely refuse. Um, and that's a longer discussion, but that's it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, Gaza borders Egypt, the yeah. Sinai Peninsula, and they have guards there keeping them in and well, not letting them into Egypt. They, they have more than guards. They, they have double walls, AKN. <laughs> Berlin style. And then they went several stories underground with an in uh, uh, penetratable metal so that um, the tunnels. Palestinians could not tunnel under into Egypt. Like Egypt's gone like full in, like we are not letting a single Palestinian in. And it's just, it's just amazing to me. Yeah. You'd think they'd take some heat from that, but no, it's, uh, it's, no, just... it's all the U S and Israel. Yeah. The only ones that take the heat on anything. So we'll see where this goes. I think, you know, Israel is justified in just wiping Hamas off the face of the earth. And, you know, I, I understand that there's civilians in um, what the West Bank, I'm sorry, in the Gaza Strip that are dying um, right now. And I, I don't I don't love that. I, I, I don't want to defend that in any way. But we had a, a 500,000 people die in Syria over the past couple of years. How much have you heard about that? How many people have been, how many universities, how, how many others, how many Democrats in Congress have stood up and said, we've got people dying in Syria? You know, after Hitler tried to take over the world, there were, you know, hundreds of thousands of German, innocent German citizens who died because their government made stupid decision, decisions. Hamas is the government of the Gaza Strip. And when your government that, that you elected when they do stupid things, sometimes there are consequences. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand back and pretend like, you know, that war doesn't have any victims or consequences. This is all the stuff that, that we're hearing right now um, or, or the silence that we're hearing is just absolutely atrocious. To some Utah political buzz. Heidi Baldry won the special election to replace Senator Jake Anderegg in Senate District, Utah Senate District 22. Uh, it was almost uh, 1130 at night, six rounds of voting. She came out the winner in a field of 13 candidates. I was one of those candidates. You were. <laughs> and that's why we we haven't had too many, had time to have too many episodes. 
I was leading most of the night. And in the end, she pulled it out. I, I think it's safe to say that it was a surprise that she won. I mean, even I think to her own supporters, it was a surprise. So good for her. And I've offered my congratulations. The special election allows for the completion of Jake Andreg's term, which is just next year. So Heidi will need to run again at the convention in April. And we'll see if there's a primary. I expect some folks would run against her. So. And I don't know Heidi well, but I do know Heidi. I look forward to working with her this session. Um, she's been a familiar face of sorts at the Capitol for uh, some time. Um, she's had a position with uh, Americans for Prosperity or AFP, which is a conservative kind of slash libertarian leaning uh, special interest organization. Um, they're right on a lot of issues. Um, I, I'm probably not agreeing with them 100% of the time, but um, they're right a whole lot more than they're wrong. So she's somewhat familiar with the legislative process and, um, you know, she, she, you know, she knows several legislators coming in. So, um, and, and it, like you said, she's going to be filling in for Jake Andrick, who I think has served for over 10 years between the house and the Senate. And, um, um, yeah, I, I was, I was pulling for you, Corey. It looked, I was watching, I was up in Brigham city in a motel room because uh, I had a trial up there and I, it's still going on actually, but I was really surprised at what was it? Five rounds of voting. Uh, yeah, six rounds. So, so Corey, just so listeners know, Corey did, you know, he was ahead in the first round and, and several of the other rounds, but, um, when you have 13 candidates as those other candidates peel off, sometimes there's endorsements and, Unfortunately, Corey, I think you kind of got pegged early on as a front runner, and um, it, it feels to me as an outsider like some of the other candidates kind of ganged up on you. So uh, I'm I'm sorry it didn't it, it didn't come out it didn't turn out better for you. This was my uh, my baptism by fire. Welcome to the world moment. And if you if people think that you're you're doing well, then they're going to attack you. They didn't much attack each other, but they all you know had no problem like coming after me. So and, and unfortunately, Corey, I know that there were some rumors that unflattering rumors about you that were spread uh, amongst the delegates and um, not none of which were true uh, which is unfortunate um, in any event it, it's, un, it's unfortunate some people just can't you know say we're all republicans let's you know let's compete but let's be positive instead there's I, I mean it's one thing to go negative but another thing to go negative with information that's completely false and so yeah. I, i'm sorry that you fell yeah. victim to that Thank you for that. And I, I, you know, I feel very happy with the campaign I ran, you know, we had a, we had a good operation and obviously we, you know, could do other things better, but I never went negative at all. And I'm, and I'm proud of that. So. Yeah. Good for you. Last week, Senator Mitt Romney hosted his E2 summit of Republican donors and power brokers, something he's done for the last several years. Most of the summit, I think, focused on foreign policy and business issues, but four GOP presidential candidates attended. That's Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. A central purpose of the meeting was to identify who has the best chance of beating Donald Trump in the GOP primary, because I think um, you have a collection of donors here who would like to fund whoever has the best chance to beat President Trump. Todd, who do you think these big-time donors ought to support? Well, I think they ought to support Rick. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, the, the governor of, uh, <laughs> of of Florida. But um, D Doug Doug Burgum is not going to be the one that's going to beat Mitt Romney. But um, Nikki Haley seems like she's she's um, surging uh, and has been since the first debate. And so I think it's um, um, it's between her and um, uh, anyway. Uh, Just but, Santa's. 
DeSantis, but I think that Romney is taking this high road saying, hey, everybody needs to drop out and get behind one person. But I, I don't think that the personal egos involved are going to allow that to happen. Because if you add up, you know, I mean, Trump, Trump is always under 50 percent. Right. Or, or, you know, or, you know, or near 50 percent. So if you add up all of the Republicans who don't want Trump to be the nominee, they, they outnumber the ones who do. But when you divide that pie by, you know, a dozen other names or even a half dozen names, then then Trump has a big lead. Yeah, and I think um, the last subject we talked about what happened this past week, I mean, kind of goes to show you that surprised people can win. And so yeah. if you are, I don't think Doug Burgum has any shot whatsoever. But then again, a lot of us didn't think President well, Trump would win in 2016 either. So yeah. Uh, but Mike Pence and Chris Christie, they're 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 well-known commodities. Neither, neither of them have a base. I mean, Mike Pence alienated the Trump supporters by not going far enough by, you know, on January 6th. He's alienated the Trump haters by being at Trump's side for four years before January 6th, four and a half years. And Chris Christie's only shtick seems to be attacking Trump, which, you know, um, is, you know, kind of necessary at this point. I mean, but uh, that's not going to, to be enough to get him uh, into the White House. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it does seem like at this point, it's Nikki Haley is the one who's kind of surging. I think Governor DeSantis is not done yet. I'm a huge fan of Tim, Tim Scott. I love him to death. Huge fan. He probably needs to look deeply inside. Um, I felt like from the beginning that Tim Scott was running for vice president. And I used to say that about Nikki Haley, but I think, you know, she's, she's kind of showing that she's got more support than people thought she had. So good for yeah, her. Yeah. For her. I, like so I, I know many listener, you're like, well, what about Ramaswamy? And I think that he's dead. A lot of folks do like him. I mean, he did say in the debate, you know, the first debate, he said that Trump is the, the, the greatest president we've had in, in many generations or whatever. And so I'm kind of like, well, then why are you running? You know, so I think that's kind of an indication that he's not really running for president. He's running for vice president or cabinet position or something like that. So he's clearly a Trump surrogate at this point in the debates. Um, you'll notice two things. Trump attacks everyone except Ramaswamy and Swam uh, Ramaswamy attacks everyone except Trump. That is not a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, all you, I to say. so you got a surrogate. Yep. All right. Last week, five women filed a lawsuit against Tim Ballard, the founder of the anti-child trafficking nonprofit Operation Underground Railroad, OUR, alleging that Tim sexually assaulted them. The lawsuit alleges that Ballard would fly women who would be posing as his wife or partner from across the country to Utah because he wanted to hone their sexual chemistry for the so-called couple's ruse which I gather means like the two of them pretend that they're married. And so through these ruses, the suit alleges Ballard coerced women to engage in various sexual acts short of, well, it's graphic, supposedly in order to maintain the appearance that they were a couple. Nearly all the women are, are Mormon, um, members of the church, uh, LDS church. So we discussed in a prior episode how the church disavowed Ballard, and it's widely supposed that he's probably been excommunicated at this point, although that I don't think that's been verified. But the, I think the latest, first of all, that's you know, disturbing. And, and I, and I know I can get a lot of texts from folks who are both very strongly supportive of him and those who obviously are not. So I, you know, obviously this legal process has to, has to unfold 
and nobody's guilty before, uh, you know, everyone's innocent before they're proven guilty. Uh, in, in a criminal uh, court of law, but we're, we're not, he hasn't been charged with any crimes. These are civil. Yes. yes these are civil. So it would only be, you know, uh, preponderance, I guess, but yeah. in any event, um, the Utah attorney general, Sean Reyes has been in the middle of this. He's quickly backpedaled his support for Ballard saying that he was quote, deeply saddened. Um, he had tweeted his support for Ballard's potential run for U S Senate, or at least that's what folks thought he meant. Uh, now he says he won't support anyone for to, to replace Mitt Romney at this point, but Todd, what do you make of all this? Well, I, I think um, a lot of people uh, feel duped. I'm one of them. I donated a little bit of money to OUR probably six or seven years ago. May have donated twice, but I mean, not not a lot of money. But, um, you know, Tim Ballard, we, we thought he was, you know, uh, saving the children. And, and he probably did save some children. But he also apparently was enriching himself uh, off of these donations. I mean, OUR's filings, their 990 form, uh, which is, you know, required by nonprofits from 2022 shows that he was paid around $650,000 a year. You know, I'm on the board of some big nonprofits in Utah. That That's that's about three times what you'd expect, you know, someone in that position to be earning. And that was from OUR. He's got these other also these other. Um, satellite nonprofits that were also paying him. I've heard that, you know, last year he made upwards of $900,000 total. And so I think, you know, there's probably a lot of donors who um, want their money back. And, you know, I, I can't speak for Sean Reyes. I've known Sean for over a decade. I will say this. It's my understanding that all of the documents that, um, that were released to vice um, BI, you know, that vice magazine, uh, pursuant to a public records request, we call that a grandma request in Utah. It's my understanding that all of those documents were emailed to Sean Reyes um, months ago. So I, I, I'm kind of scratching my head. I mean, I guess maybe he didn't read his own email about, you know, a guy that he's called a hero, you know, dozens of times. Or maybe he did know about some of these allegations, you know, months ago. And, and maybe if he was shocked, the, the shock is in this recent as he's leading us to believe. I, I don't know. I can't speak for him, but certainly this doesn't make uh, doesn't make Sean Reyes look good because because Ballard used Reyes, the, the sitting attorney general of the state of Utah, to gain legitimacy, um, which is something that every person who's trying to con money out of somebody needs is legitimacy. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's if, if these allegations are true. I mean, it's 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 horrible for these women, and and then when it comes to the the cause, like I think we all agree that this is a this is a a cause and that's noble and just needs to happen in the world. And I've donated to OUR in the past as well. And um, even back then, I had several people say to me, "You shouldn't donate to them. It's it's a crap organization." And I was like, "Well, I think they're doing good stuff." But um, yeah, but you know. I guess uh, if it's true, then sometimes I guess people just let things go to their head and and go off the rails, even if they are doing a lot of good in the world too. I mean, we could we could do a whole episode just on the sound of freedom. I don't know if you've seen that, but just I mean that that the the story that's depicted in that movie is is fictional. I mean, there there's elements of it that are true, but you know, I'll just I'll just share one with our listeners if they're not aware of this. But you know, in the movie. He he supposedly get these gets these dog tags um, from this boy uh, that he's rescued and, and wants him to go find his sister. Well, first of all, his sister was never lost. 
she was living in California with her grandmother. Second of all, um, you know, these dog tags had a scripture from the book of Timothy in the Bible inscribed on it. And of course, Ballard's first name was Tim or Timothy. And so this was some type of wake up call that he needed to leave his employment with the United States government and start his own foundation. Well, that incident with the boy happened in 2006 and OUR started in 2013. So if God was speaking to him, if God was calling to him with this, I guess we need to, you know, to believe that it took him seven years to answer that call. Um, and, and there's a lot of other things in that movie that are 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 just either things that Tim Ballard didn't do or just is is just pure fiction. I, you know, a lot of people enjoyed the movie and it made it a lot of money. Uh, fortunately, none of that money went to Tim Ballard uh, for various reasons. But um, yeah, I, I think that he wanted that movie to kind of launch him into uh, a candidacy for U.S. Senate and it hasn't worked out so well for him. Mm. Well, that's a bummer. I haven't seen the movie. I know a lot of people were very touched by it. And if all that, you know, some of that stuff was false, that, that is a huge bummer. I suspect that this will derail his senate ambitions though at this point <laughs> <laughs> i would think so but it wouldn't shock me if he still tried to run but we'll see he's got till january to file all right good enough that's that's it for today all right Corey. um so sorry for your loss but uh you know hold your head high i think out of 13 candidates finishing second is is pretty darn good thanks the sun will come out tomorrow, right? Right. <laughs> see you next week. All Thanks. right. See you next time. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.